10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny, with my co-host, Denise Dirks and Todd Cunin. And our producer, Cal Hunter, uh, pushing the buttons back there. Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO if you want to comment, 855-529-7234, or email us at info at radiolawtalk.com, info at radiolawtalk.com. You can always go listen to us live at radiolawtalk.com if you do not have a local radio station that is playing our show. And those of you like, well, why do you say that, Fred? Obviously, they wouldn't know that if they can't hear us. But you can tell your friends that. Right? Tell your friends and they can listen to it. I've had a lot of people say, man, I, I, I can't get your show. Well, we're on, I think, over 100 affiliates, 110, I don't know. But there's some areas we don't are not covered. So tell your friends to go listen to it live. Tell your friends also to seek uh, local counsel. <laughs> we're talking about general topics of law and uh, we're not giving legal advice. That's right. That's right. And remind them this is probably by far the most exciting, entertaining, and sometimes informative show on earth, except for the number one shows are clearly the UFO shows. And we talk about that all the time. Today, uh, this last hour, we're going to talk about uh, employees win a big uh, U.S. Supreme court case opioid uh, crisis some the latest uh, on those cases we got a crazy son s-o-n not like the sun but a crazy son and let me tell you what happens in this case we're going to discuss this case and see what he's allegedly did and what he has probably we're just going to get into that allegedly yes allegedly allegedly but he's you know (laughs) he's allegedly guilty you know so uh but no it's allegedly but there's an uh, alleged indictment (laughs) so anyway then we're going to talk about an nfl lawsuit and then we've got a quick takes and then we're going to dance around and just have a good time and and then go home so that's what our final hour is and if you want to join us just stay here Put your feet up. We're here for one thing, like I always say, Cal, case or no case, and see if I can get some points. Okay, I'm looking forward to the dancing around part, really. Now it's time to play case or no case. Okay. When you hear the letters DC, as a broadcast engineer, I think direct current, you know, but, but that's another thing. We almost always immediately think of the comic book publisher and the big movie company, you know, the superhero empire. In addition to DC Comics... There's another brand that's known by the initials DC, DC Shoes and Clothing. DC Shoes is a popular sneaker brand launched in 1994 by a professional skateboarder named Danny Way. The brand locally uh, has a a high profile among the skateboarding community, got that in a short time. So eventually they just said, let's do more stuff. They added skateboarder boots, terrain footwear, casual shoes for kids and women, Then they gained control of the majority of the market, and DC jumped in, started doing very well, and said, well, you know, uh, let's create our own apparel category with the initials DC. Hmm. Each logo has a D and a C and a star, making them quite similar. So DC Comics said, uh, uh, DC Shoes, rather, said DC Comics cannot make a similar logo to mine. So they went to their legal department, and they said, is this a case... Or isn't it a case? I want an answer. Denise Dirks, what say you DC versus DC in the battle of the logos? And it's a battle of the logos, but DC Comics is now going into the clothing business? Exactly. So I don't suppose they would have minded. I'm speculating. Their DC logo predated the other DC logo, correct? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Okay. 1994. Let me think. I would think the shoes came after the company, but DC did their new logo, kind of red, white, and blue with a star on it. That was after the DC sneakers came out because they wanted to put that on their clothes. Okay, this was their new fancy clothes logo. You know how Nike has the swoosh and all that stuff? 
DC wanted to have the DC in a little okay, thing. Okay, so this yeah. would be DC clothing versus DC comics. Yeah, i got to work up Fred for this, but yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say that it's a case, and I'm going to say that DC comics, well, I'm going to say they settled it. Okay. I'm going to say they settled it. What do, you, what do you think, Fred, about this? Well, whatever I think, you should do the opposite, Todd, just so you know, here I go. But I think it's a case, and they settle it, just like Denise said. I'm, I'm just, I always try to go against the grain to get extra points. But uh, uh, look, the thing that's interesting is they are in different genres, but the fact that DC uh, Comics now starts putting out clothing line, I think that, you know, that's, it's not like DC clothing, but it's, DC Comics clothing, so maybe they can call it DC Comics, and it's different than DC clothing, just DC by itself, yeah, right? But competing, so yeah, competing. competing, that's the interesting part. but maybe yeah, a little yeah. bit different, but yeah. I'll stick with Denise, just because I, I, I've gotten zero points over the past two weeks. Last week, I got not hardly anything either. This is, right, this well, is you got more than, uh, last week, I, I got a few. You, found, you sound discouraged by I'm that. I'm very friend. discouraged. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Todd. <laughs> Todd, say you? Well, case or no case. from a strategy standpoint, uh, I, I should probably just go along with my compatriots here and say that uh, say what they said. Ditto. Because I mean, I'm looking at this. The interesting thing here is, as as the question has been presented, it almost sounds like DC the clothing uh, differentiating DC clothing versus DC comics. It's almost like the clothing apparel is saying, well, look, DC comics, you can use that. You just can't use your logo on clothes. And and I don't know that trademark law, law works that way. You can either use the logo or you can't. I don't know that you can keep it from using it on certain products, one product versus another product. And so I think that if a you know, lawsuit was filed. In certain respects, DC Comics may come back and say, "Thank you for filing the lawsuit and bringing us this to light." It's actually we're the ones that should win because we've had this logo since comics started, and uh, which is a lot earlier than 1994. But because of that, I will still agree that it's a case, but they settle. Hmm. And uh, you know how they settle, right? Exactly, I do. So it, it does not even need to be said. Oh, I think they settle on this ground. I think that they join together to do DC Comics clothing, and that's how they settle it. And then they go up, and now the, the clothing now has the comics in portion on it, and it's still the design of the clothing. So they both DC uh, shoe line, which is shoes. They're not, I'm they're more well known for their shoes, but yep. DC clothing is just going to say, "Look, we'll just pay you a royalty or something like that." Or vice versa. And let us use your... Let us use the logo, whatever. Okay, uh, Cal, I don't think we're going to have time to go over the scenario, but uh, uh, I think we're all going to be the same. But the problem is... Is if we're all wrong, then Cal gets points. Cal gets well, that would be a good thing. That's Cal's a problem. Way behind. I'm way well, behind. I'm way behind I, I, too. Right? I never get points. But no, I'm I'm behind you. Okay. Well, you are behind Fred. Yeah, by one. Mm-hmm. So after we get done with this, we're going to talk about employees win a big one for the Supreme Court opioid problem. And I'm telling you, this son is just cra- now. Now look, <laughs> we're just going to set this one up a little bit. Not only is the son crazy, but this is what Todd and Denise were talking about during the break. The mother, it's like, do you not, you know, how much do you listen to a son that's a little bit crazy? Just ask yourself this question as we go into the break. If you had a son and you suspected that the son killed your father, do you think it would be a good idea at some point to accept the son's invitation to go fishing on the open seas, just the two of you? Query that while we go to break. And I have a new set of shoes for you. It's not DC, <laughs> it's concrete. <laughs> wow. All right, we'll be back. We'll wow. find out what's going on with all those cases and our case or no case when we come back. I hope you'll stay tuned because there is a surprise turn of events in case or no case, and you'll go, What? It's true, you will. And uh, and we'll all snap back here as Radio Law Talk continues here. We appreciate your listening to us and remind you that we will be back very shortly, right here.
commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Have you outgrown your health insurance plan or just not happy with what you're paying for? The number one reason we all change our health insurance is price. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Would you like to have better coverage at a better rate or at little or no cost to you? Your life needs are always changing, but have you done anything to improve your health insurance for you and your family? Health insurance laws and coverage are always changing and getting better. It's impossible to do all the research yourself. But now it's all done for you for free. So regardless of your age or medical condition, take a few minutes right now and find out if you can save money or even qualify for zero-cost health insurance in your state. Call now. Paid for by Cheaper Health Insurance. 800-635-7188. 800-635-7188. 800-635-7188. That's 800-635-7188. Are you having a difficult time getting in and out of your old bathtub? Here's a new, affordable idea to consider. When you bought your home years ago, you had a traditional bathtub, and you put a shower curtain in it, and it lasted for years. But now, maybe you or your mom is having difficulty getting in and out of a high-step tub. For some people, that can be an accident waiting to happen. If you or one of your parents is in this situation, and you don't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars, call Steve at Senior Safety Pro Tub to Shower today. They can help you convert any old bathtub into a walk-in shower, in some cases under $2,000, in about a week. It's simple, beautiful, and priced just right. Call Steve right now for your free consultation. 800-832-1549. 800-832-1549. That's 800-832-1549. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police, and nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested, don't argue, don't resist, don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit... How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-352-3308. 800-352-3308. 800-352-3308. That's 800-352-3308. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. This is no fun. Just true. This is Radio Law Talk with Frederick Penny. All right, Cal, uh, give us the quick overview. At, and who's the winner, winner, chicken dinner? That's a great question because, you know, and Amber Heard, my wife was watching the show, The Trial, and she said to me, there's been some really good lawyering and there's been some really bad lawyering, in her opinion. Neither of us are lawyers. We just like to speculate as outsiders. And exploring the DC Comics lawsuit against DC Shoes, or is it Visa the other way around, 
In 2005, DC Comics launched a brand new blue and white logo that consisted of DNC and a star. And they went after this company in California, the Little Shoe Company. They said, you have a logo that's similar to ours, you can't. So they sued. Well, so it's a case. In investigating, guess what DC Shoes found out? <laughs> they discovered that the logo by DC Comics was never adequately trademarked. Ooh. So they sued DC Comics, and DC Comics lost the case. Oh, they it didn't settle. They oh, lost. Oh, so they we all got a, case, po- yep. a point, one point or one point. Yeah, because wow. they had already trademarked the logo already, so the comic book had to pay a large sum, unspecified, but a large, excuse me, a large sum of money to DC Shoes, and then after that, DC Comics said, why are we messing with this? I have a better idea. Let's get a new logo, which is exactly what they did. And so that, ladies and gentlemen, is... <laughs> case or no case? Fred, did you get any points on that? He got yes, one. I got one. I got one. For over the last few weeks, I got one. Well, that's good. That's better than none. Well, I thought that was a good um, case or no case. Had now. a little twist to it, didn't it? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I was, I was stunned to hear that there's large companies like this, especially D.C., you would think their lawyers would be very thorough about everything, but apparently they did some slip-up on the copywriting. Yeah, it's a spec- there yeah, there's all kinds of articles. How D.C. Comics lawsuit against a shoemaker backfired. Yep. You know, it's just like, oh, my gosh. It's like, uh, whoopsie, we found out. Isn't that what the lawyers are supposed to look into first before you bring the lawsuit? And go, yep. uh, you know, I'm trying to, but what I'm trying to find is how much they uh, had to end up paying. But I don't know. Yeah, it could. should be there if it's a uh, if it's an actual case that went to trial. Well, they said it did. I, I don't know. I'm, ju- I'm just reading yeah, you know the information I, I, I got said it did. But money, I'm know? still stunned. Though. I'm just thinking. Do you suppose that lawyer's still working for DC? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you guys were supposed to tell us this. Um, anyway, interesting. That's trademarks are so important. Boy, trademark lawyers make their money. That's all I gotta say. We're gonna cover another case here, not next. We're gonna cover another case. I just want you to remember the the phrase. Boy, you think the lawyer would have caught that early on. Hmm. Remember that remember phrase. Remember that phrase. When we talk about a recent Supreme Court decision on an employment law case. We're talking about that right now. Are, is that when we're going to go That's what I'm just getting then into. Then let's go there. You, th- you th- think- Remember that phrase. You thought you'd think the lawyer would have caught that. Right. So what's interesting is since 1925, the courts have always kind of held and or leaned on this uh, law called the Federal Arbitration Act. And in a lot of um, employment contracts across the United States, there are clauses that companies put in that their employees, if there's a lawsuit or there's a disagreement, they have to go to arbitration. So what happened is these employees brought lawsuits against Taco Bell. And uh, as they brought this lawsuit against Taco Bell, um, they were quote, according to, you know, one side forced to do arbitration. And so they went to arbitration and they believed, that is the employees, uh, lawyers for Taco Bell, believe that it's arbitrarily unfair to require these employees to go to arbitration because it drags out. It They can, you know, they can pick... Uh, they could pick, and that's true. I know that's what you said. That's what their argument was, Denise, is it drags out because some corporations can make it drag out, um, that they get to pick um, a arbitrator that is a little leans toward corporations. And by the way, that's that I don't agree with because most arbitration clause each need to get to pick their own arbitrator, and then usually those two arbitrators will pick an arbitrator if they can't agree on an arbitrator, right? So it's not like they're forced to use a certain arbitrator. But... What happens? What happens? First of all, through the all the way through the eighth, eighth, uh, uh, eighth, uh, eighth, eighth circuit, right? Eighth U.S. Di- uh, court, uh, circuit Court of Appeals held kind of the same thing as everyone else has held. All the other courts have held since 1925. Is this this uh, arbitration uh, uh, law applies, and they can go ahead and 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 have arbitration in an employment agreement. And now the Supreme Court weighs in on it, which, by the way, we're a more conservative Supreme Court. And, and, and one of the key things, before we get to the Supreme Court, what the Supreme Court said, one of the key issues here was, when did the employer try to assert the arbitration agreement? Mm. 
because the timing here is crucial. The case had been pending for quite some time, and like at the at a very late stage in the pretrial proceedings, then and only then did the employer come in and say, "Wait a minute, we got an arbitration agreement here," and then they tried to enforce the arbitration agreement, and and that's where what the Supreme Court said. Something about, oh, hold on a second here. That's not what it was meant for. What's interesting is the attorney, apparently, for the employees kind of was fighting an uphill battle. And it was like, you know, good luck in winning this one. And um, but, you know, the court went ahead and held for the plaintiffs. Uh, or, and or the Taco Bell employees saying that they don't have to have an arbitration agreement in all they're not they don't they're not forced to that is employees and said quote corporation can ambush plaintiffs with delayed arbitration they can use discovery methods unavailable you know and and there's one other thing that they talk about and how this federal arbitration act how they get around that act that the courts have been upholding since 1925 that allow these arbitration clauses to be valid. And we're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. So hold on. This is Radio Law Talk. You've turned on Radio Law Talk. Radio Law Talk. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Have you outgrown your health insurance plan or just not happy with what you're paying for? The number one reason we all change our health insurance is price. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Would you like to have better coverage at a better rate or at little or no cost to you. Your life needs are always changing, but have you done anything to improve your health insurance for you and your family? Health insurance laws and coverage are always changing and getting better. It's impossible to do all the research yourself, but now it's all done for you for free. So regardless of your age or medical condition, take a few minutes right now and find out if you can save money or even qualify for zero cost health insurance in your state. Call now. Paid for by Cheaper Health Insurance. 800-635-7188. 800-635-7188. That's 800-635-7188. How would you like to publish and sell your own audiobook? Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. You'll choose from one of our many voice actors. Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Consumers are mobile these days, and having an audiobook helps authors reach a larger customer base, which increases book sales. From narration, production, and editing to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network does it all for you. We hold your hand throughout the entire production process. We'll create an audiobook that you can be proud of. It doesn't cost or take as much time as you may think. In fact, for us, it's pretty easy. It's what we do. If you've got a published print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, give Audiobook Network a call right now and get our free audiobook guide. 800-721-4869. 800-721-4869. That's 800-721-4869. Keep listening for an exciting offer from U.S. Med. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain and inconvenience of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, Call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. 800-251-7560. 
800-251-7560. We'll tell you all you need to know about CGMs. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And with insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now to learn more. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. CGMs are the newest in diabetic technology. They can help you stay in range and manage your diabetes better. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. And delivery is free. Remember, if you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. Call 800-251-7560. Co-pays and deductibles may apply. 800-251-7560. That's 800-251-7560. Sponsored by U.S. Medical Supply. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376, that's 800-918-1376. I think bread's the best, Paul, not so much. This is the best show ever. Oh, come on. Now, Radio Law Talk continues. Here's your host, Fred Penny. The power of the kitty bumps. We love the kitty bumps. So we're talking about the workers and the arbitration um, uh, clause, the 1925 law that called the Federal Arbitration Act and how the courts overturned it. Um, after since 1925, they've kind of followed and allowed employers to have arbitration clauses within their uh, agreements with their uh, their contracts with the employees, and now that's no longer the case. And Todd, there's one thing you talked about earlier, which is you know think of the one uh, you know word of uh, a lawyer saying maybe I should have thought of that earlier, and this is the case you were talking about among a- other things. A- absolutely, Denise and I were talking at the break as well. Look. The fact of the matter is the arbitration clause for the defense, the guy representing Taco Bell or whatever, that arbitration clause was not sought to be enforced. So the defense didn't say, sorry, this shouldn't be in court. This should be an arbitration. They waited until the 11th hour to bring that up. And that was either by strategy, you know, for some strategic reason, or it was because they overlooked it. And and it reminded me of Cal's DC Comics or DC case, which is, you know, the attorney that sued on the behalf of DC forgot to check to see if DC actually had a valid trademark for the for the logo. And it's like, boy, you, you thought they would have checked that. It, it seems to me that Employment Law 101, if you're defending the employer, Employment Law 101 should be asking two questions right off the bat. Number one, is there an arbitration clause in your employment agreements with your employees? And number two, do you have insurance to cover anything that you may have done wrong? Are we tendering this to an insurance carrier for payment and and what have you? And look, if this wasn't strategy, if this was not a strategic reason, and Denise, you had a good explanation for why it might be, but if it was not, boy, it's a real head-scratcher why the lawyer 
for the defendant didn't tender didn't check to see if there was arbitration clause earlier. Right. And and what I was thinking was um, nowadays in a lot of states, they determine that these arbitration clauses on on big companies is kind of unconscionable. So there's some laws in the states. This was a federal case. And under the federal act, it had always been determined that there was a preference for arbitration. And what this what SCOTA said is that it's not a preference for arbitration. It's just equal. They have these two different ways to go. And so I thought maybe the attorney for Taco Bell had thought, let's push it up. And then a lot of these claims, when we ask for arbitration, it goes to arbitration. These claims would die in the arbitration process. So it could have been a strategic move that backfired because they were relying on how uh, Supreme Court had handled these cases before and not this one little now look at it to weigh their equal arbitration versus litigation. Now, the interesting thing to me for this is, uh, it, and I think that this will be a, maybe a point to consider moving forward as other decisions are handed down by the Supreme Court. Look, the Federal Arbitration Act was passed in 1925. It had been interpreted by the Supreme Court to, quote, favor arbitration for nearly the last hundred years. And yet, the court was able to take something that was clearly relied on as precedent and say, yeah, that's not the law. It, it, it needs to be done differently. And so they reverse course on what they had held as precedent before. And the interesting thing about this case was it was unanimous. It was all the nine to nothing, all the justices ruled unanimously that this should happen. But it does call into question that the Supreme Court, looking at the way things have been done, they will readdress it at times. So as an employee, because I'm, I'm a blue-collar guy, I've worked for other people most of my life, as an employee, what can I do to protect myself against either unfair or dubious arbitration, this stretch it out, this discovery and all that? Is that varied by the laws of the incorporation of various... Because, you know, a lot of people incorporate in Delaware, for example, for because they say they're pro-company laws. What can an employee do to protect themselves to make sure it's going to get a fair shake when the time comes, if it does? Sue in federal court. <laughs> I would say drill for, drill for oil in your own backyard, hope you strike it rich, and then you don't need to work anymore. I did that, but the Beverly Hillbillies got it all. Okay, so, all right. This is uh, what I said. Well, no, no, he wasn't drilling. He was just a shooting at some food. And then up through and the up ground. up through the yeah, ground came a, good, a bubble and crude, all right? So oh, I said is. drill. Wow, he's watched gold. way Black too gold. much. Texas wa tea. Watch way too much TV. Uh, well, I did when I was a kid. Uh, I think Denise put it best. Uh Cal, when she said, depends on your state. Um, most states, a lot of states, California, you're already protected, right? Um, so um, it, it just depends on the state you're in. Uh, the, a lot of states say you can't have an arbitration clause anyway. So if the state one doesn't work, now you can go to the federal. So one way or the other, you're going to be a winner, winner, chicken dinner if you are a uh, employee. But it doesn't mean you're going to win the case. Right. It just means that you have to go to arbitration. You don't have to go to arbitration. Denise, I remember Denise gave me the look when we were talking about arbitration that, that the argument for the Taco Bell employees was what? They argued, well, that well they can drag this out. It's usually the opposite. Maybe we're just from California and other states get go quicker, but, man, does the, does the court system drag it out in California? Not because they want to. It's just because it's overworked. I mean, we just don't have enough courtroom and time and judges and, and judges uh, yeah. to, to handle all the cases. But may, a lot of times arbitration is much quicker. But you know what's amazing right now is that we don't have this over glut of attorneys right now. We actually have mm. a need for more attorneys. No, in no, no, that's not <laughs> like, true, is it? It's like yes. it's like it's like the wow. country needs a hole in the head, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, can say that. Here's the thing: what Denise said is probably, it could very well be factually accurate that there is a, a dearth of attorneys and, and there is a need for more attorneys. And yet, good luck convincing the average person on the street that that's the case. <laughs> good luck with that. Well, in yes. California, it was one per 300. I think it's one for 250 now. I mean, there was a lot, and well, more people are moving out. I so. tell you what we really do need, and all, we need more judges. That's We are oh, way yeah. short judges that the courts need to... To, to add more judges. There are so many counties. They're down judges. They just oh, can't. But I, the process is so cumbersome. Right. I mean, you know, in, in our state, we have them appointed by the governor or they can run for judgeship. And why haven't I done that? Because you give up your privacy. Yes. You become a public figure and your, your whole social group shrinks. 
to nothing because yes. they don't want to be around. That's right. Well, Economics. it's not because of your friends don't want to be around. It's because you have to be careful about right. who, who yeah. you let become that could be potentially a litigant in front of you That's right. or an attorney practicing in front of you. It's very difficult. And they don't life. want to take the pay cut, be honest about it. A lot of times, I mean, they make good money, but, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think one thing to keep in mind also, people might not recognize this, that it's in the state of California, for example, and most states follow suit, in the state of California, it is the superior court in and for the county that you live in that handles not the judges there in that county, and there's a select number of whatever county it is, they're the judges that hear both, that could potentially hear both civil cases Family law cases that are technically civil cases and criminal cases. And it's the criminal cases. Look, in the jurisdiction where I was a DA for the longest, which is where we live right now, it's not a, a large county compared to San Francisco and L.A., what have you. It's a good-sized county. That county files thirteen to 15,000 criminal cases per year. Right, it's a lot, and and most of them resolve. But with that volume of cases, every Friday, there is on trial assignment conference a set of cases that need courtrooms and judges the following week for probably anywhere from ten to twenty-five cases. And you know, Todd, this is another point. And, and oh, criminal, yeah. and, and the criminal and, and, side yeah, right, is right, a right. precedent. And, and yeah. so, what happens is because of because of the timing, and you have the right to a quick and speedy trial. It's the criminal cases that take precedent right. over the civil cases. So you get this civil backlog of cases because they're just looking for courtrooms. Yes. Yeah, so what Denise Howard is starting yeah. to say, I know you're probably starting to say, is that's the number is only criminal cases. That doesn't include the civil cases yeah. that are filed, and and the backlog on civil trials is absolutely atrocious. Some, some in California, I know, are three years. Oh yeah, let me set you out. Let me set you out two years from now for your trial. Oh uh, yeah, we need a we need a trial date, Your Honor. Okay, let's see, 2025, I think. Yeah, we can get you in 2024, the end. You know, that's the problem. Yeah, and, and for family law, which even has some precedence within it, like custody and, and domestic violence cases, you're looking at trials next year already. At right. this time, you're looking right. at trials next year. So, so it, puts, it puts employees in a tough spot where they have a claim and there's an arbitration clause. And this is, the, this is what employees are facing. Okay, do uh, do I try to not or get out of the arbitration clause because I want my case heard before a judge and a jury, and boy, that's going to take me years to get there, or do I go with an arbitration case where I believe that maybe it's slanted towards the, the employer? The employer. Yeah. So it's a you know danged if you do, danged if you but don't you see, kind of thing. The state just decided to have a homeless court. A drug court? They're categorizing courts. Is that the ultimate answer, do you think? Just getting categorizing, making more different types of courts? It, it could be part of the answer. It's not the ultimate answer. You know, you, it, taking anytime you can take a seg and segregate a population and get their needs met, it's going to be helpful. All right, we'll be back. We're going to finish up uh, this segment, and then we go home. This is Radio Law Talk. Stay tuned. The show continues very quickly. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376, 800-918-1376, 800-918-1376, that's 800-918-1376.
The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or Medicare, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-493-6112. That's 800-493-6112. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic, and maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. That's 800-711-9218. Do you run a business and want to learn how you can get between $10,000 to $5 million in 60 seconds? We're Biz to Credit, a top-rated online financing provider to hundreds of thousands of America's business owners. If your business does at least $120,000 a year in gross sales, we can get you more money to run your business in as little as 72 hours. Our terms are simple, repayment plans are flexible, and based on your cash flow. Plus, the paperwork is minimal, and the approval process is fast. So in the time you've listened to this commercial, you could have learned if you qualify to get up to $5 million in cash deposited to your business bank account in the next two to three days. Funding specialists are ready to take your call right now and get you the money you need fast. Call 800-559-5523. That's 800-559-5523. Again, 800-559-5523. Fred's the best. That's true. Who told you that? This is Radio Law Talk. And now, back to the show. So we got a lot to talk about, but we're going to talk really quickly about the opioid uh, trials going on. There's a trial uh, going on in West Virginia, seven-week trial. And this happens, by the way, I always mention that a lot of times cases settle as you're walking up to the courtroom steps or in the middle of the trial. Well, they're, uh, they're, they're, the, the closing arguments are just about to begin in this seven-week trial. Um, the state of West Virginia suing the opioid um, uh, not not all of them, but some of the opioid uh, drug companies, and they just settled for 161.5 million dollars. Uh, the the court's got to approve it, and uh, this is not just one person, but multiple people, uh, like a class action. Uh, but I what I what you I didn't realize I didn't even know this is they also reached a 99 million dollar settlement with um, another um, pharmaceutical company. A few weeks prior, so you got the 161.5 million dollar settlement and the 99 million dollar settlement. And oh, by the way, there was another settlement prior to that um, uh, with another op- opioid uh, uh, drug company. They settled for 26 million. So, by the way, there's more than 3,000 lawsuits that have been filed against all these drug companies for uh, opioids. And the whole argument is that they basically did not, uh, they downplayed the risk of addiction of opioids. Exactly. And, and Todd kind of put, you know, the opioid, the, the drug company's argument is, well, yeah, it is addictive, but that's what 
drugs do. That's why we make them, and that's why. But but I think it is is they. It's it's all about warnings, right? And uh, the fact that they're the argument is they played it down. That's the whole yeah. issue. In any other industry other than drugs, take McDonald's. You know, my favorite industry. Take take McDonald's or anything he like loves that. McDonald's. You, you, they, they want the public to become hooked on their product. You know, so you'll come back and and. Dine at McDonald's more. Dine at when whatever they want you to do that. And here, drug companies are in their position where we know we're making a product that is addictive. So now we have to downplay it. We're going to make our money because people ain't going to be able to stop taking this stuff, and we're going to get paid to the tunes of billions and billions of dollars. But it, it's sort of an interesting um, situation. I have a question for you. Yeah, what about, about the people with hooked on phonics? Can oh, they I know, soon? I know. It, it worked. It worked for me. <laughs> but uh, but these pharmacies marketed directly to the doctors and said. It was not addictive. I know. As addictive. It was horrible. Yeah. As right. addictive, yeah. Well, at yeah. first it was not addictive. Then they said, oh, it, it's, it can be addictive. And then, not as much, you no. know, it was like really a, a marketing campaign that was really yeah. wrong. Go ahead, Todd. Well, I have a, I have a trial strategy or, yes. or, or procedural question for you on this. So this $161 million settlement was reached just before, after a seven-week mm-hmm. trial, the parties were getting ready to do closing arguments, yes. right? And, Which happens. And, and the judge has to approve this. Right. Hypothetically, what if the judge says no? Then they, they, they do their closing arguments. And so then it raises the interesting question. We saw this in, uh, what was it? The, the other trial where the jury may have heard that the judge oh, was yes. going to grant the motion to dismiss right. or, or deny the motion to dismiss anyway. And oh, it was the no, Sarah Palin. It was Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin. The mm-hmm. court was going to grant the motion to dismiss. You know, I, I think that the jurors would have to be living under a rock if they show up. We're ready to hear closing arguments. The court says, Hold on a minute. We're going to take a break. You guys just all go home. We'll get back at this after a little bit. Maybe they're off for a week, and you know this is going to be in the news. And wait a minute. They settled? But no, here's the thing. No, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on this because this is, this is not unusual for civil cases. So what happens is the judge, and I don't, we don't have all the details, usually will just say, look, okay, let's – well, we're going to take a break. Uh, let's make sure you uh, you guys don't you know give the admonitions and okay, we'll meet next uh, Monday and then we'll give the judge time to determine. They do that anyway. A lot of times, the judge has a criminal calendar, has to do another civil calendar. There's times that judges you know change and say, okay, we're not going to meet Thursday. We're not going to meet. You guys know that, and that's what happens. So I think the judge could do it without them knowing by saying, you know, what? okay, we're just gonna. Set up because there's no way the 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 jury saw anyone negotiating. There was always outside their 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 purview, and they're probably chatting in the side. And the and and the jury has probably no idea they're talking. Yeah, about but that. then but, they're on their phone, and this little pop up comes up and says, uh, "Oh, you're saying this one? Yeah, yeah. So, so five they, million tentative settlement. That's true too. So I like, got that. So like on May 25th, the judge says, May 24th, judge says, "Okay, we're gonna take a break. Why don't we come back next Monday, May 25th? This story comes out. It's right." It, it's it's pushed to their phone, and then a juror comes back. Let's say the judge rejects it, but now you got a juror saying, "Well, I did see the story that you guys might have reached a settlement." No, that's true. You're right. So it, it, yeah. it, just curious as to how they. I'm deal just with throwing that. it out there. Talk about the bomb, the mom's, oh. the mom case, Todd. All right, and so then Denise, we got to you. You got to talk about what's going on with Gabby uh, Patino's uh, lawsuit. So this in in Connecticut about six years ago. Six years ago, Kid and his mom go out uh, boating. Boating off the coast of New England, Boating. and at the conclusion of that Gilligan's Island-like three-hour tour, if you will, the kid is the only one that's found. I say the kid; he's you know nineteen, twenty years old. He's the only one that's found. He's on a life right life raft. There's no evidence of the boat or the mom. Boat and mom have never been found. That was six years ago. Well, fast forward to now, he has just been indicted for murder. And so uh, of his mother, he was suspected. And even in the indictment, the allegation, they referenced that uh, he may have been involved in his grandfather's death, the mother's father's death previous to that, and uh, to the mother's disappearance. And a lot of people are questioning, well, why did it take six years to what did they have? This is my opinion on this. In addition to the murder charges, this individual 
Nathan Carmen is also facing now a host of fraud charges in relation to insurance payments and payouts for uh, life insurance and, and insurance for the boat and what have you. And I look at this and I say, you know, six years ago, the prosecutors probably looked at this and said, we don't really have a strong case for murder. We think he did it. We, he suspected in the death of his father, but we don't have a strong case for murder for him. One of the big things might be motive. I don't know. But over the last six years, as they have developed evidence of the insurance fraud that they have alleged against him, now, from the prosecutor's standpoint, they've got a double whammy. We've got the allegations of insurance fraud, which are felonies in and of themselves, but those allegations also support the motive for murder. And so that's why they waited, in my opinion, so that they could bring the strongest case possible against him. We'll follow it to see what goes on from this point. And why do they bring it now? Because the fraud would have statute of limitations. That's, so the timing, not, yes. yes, murder does not. So timing right now is more weighed for the fraud cases. Yeah, definitely going to follow this one moving forward. Go for it, uh, Denise. Let's uh, knock out the Gabby Patina. It's kind of weird this one. Uh, just why this is happening? You know, it's it's not really for the money. It's just for the. It's it's more for just the finding. Right. Um, the Petito family had previously um, sued the Laundry family uh, for their failure not to tell them where their daughter body was, tell them that they knew she was dead, and tell them where she could be located and, the, you know, what happened to her. Um, and they won. The Laundries won that suit because they have a Fifth Amendment right not to testify, right? So now Petito's family has filed um, a million-dollar lawsuit against Brian Laundrie's estate. Well, Brian Laundrie didn't have anything. He doesn't have anything. He doesn't have $30 million to pay. Why are they doing that? They're just trying to get a finding that he killed their daughter. He can't be charged criminally or nothing like that. So they're getting a finding that um, he killed their daughter, and they're, they'll get a judgment that they can't do anything with it. Well, that's interesting. Because you know what it's time for now? What? It's time for your quick takes. Fred, I'd like to start with you if we uh, may. I'm going to need therapy after next week uh, because, or when the Depp and her trial's done because I have to try to think about another, another case or something else to talk about. But I bet we do. I bet we find some. It'll stretch it. Todd, what's your quick take, if you please? I'm curious to see if in the Petito case they're going to use this case. It seems like a no-brainer as a way to backdoor investigation and circumvent the warrant process and do all of the investigation on a potential criminal conspiracy case via the discovery process in a civil matter. Great question. Denise, what do you think? What's your quick take? My quick takes um, about your quick takes that you did, or not your quick take, your um, case or no case. Okay. You asked us the question, when, er, when I say DC, what does everybody think about? And you said DC Comics, right? I said Direct Current, then DC Comics. I said Washington, D.C., oh, and my good. head is definitely in the toilet. There we go. We'll be back <laughs> next week. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Radio Law Talk. You too. You've been listening to Radio Law Talk, a copyrighted presentation of RadioLawTalk.com. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Radio Law Talk.